It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. When we think about well-being, we often think of our physical and mental health. But according to today's guest, Kamlesh Patel, affectionately known as Dodgy, there's a third system we often overlook, the spiritual anatomy. He contends that the chakras lead us back to the happiness and meaning we desire. Dodgy is a spiritual leader of the Heartfulness Organization and the author of numerous books, including Heartfulness Way and Designing Destiny. His new book is spiritual anatomy, meditation, chakras, and the journey to the center. Welcome, Dodgy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Joan. Thank you for introducing me. I want to begin by talking about the spiritual anatomy. What is it and why is it so important? Well, most of us are familiar with physical system. Few of us are familiar, unless you have studied science and biology especially, familiar with our inner physiology and neurology. We are all familiar with uh, emotional well-being as well because we all encounter our well-being at emotional level on moment-to-moment basis. We do understand that the physical brain is supported by what we call a softer mind. If there was no mind or there was no brain, what would have become of human being biologically, right? So we understand that subtler the system, better it is, and it supports the next grosser level of system. Just as physical system, the biology is supported by many muscles as well as the nervous system. If even one nerve, let us see your eye nerve, science calls it as optic nerve, is disconnected, then your eyesight will suffer. It's a simple nerve. Likewise, your taste buds or your smell. It's just a small nerve that gets cut off and the entire physiological functions will suffer. Now, we go beyond all these things and say, what is it that supports the mind itself? We are familiar with nourishing the physical body. We are also familiar with nourishing our mental body by educating ourselves. Very few of us are familiar with the spiritual body. How do we nourish that? And that is precisely what I have described, the way of nourishment. And how do we measure this spiritual health? How do we measure our consciousness at every level of our growth? This is the main purpose of this book, how to sail through the spiritual anatomy. I learned a number of years ago when I started doing this work and I went through a lot of loss and grief and trauma to connect the dots with the mind, the body, and the spirit that if any one of them, of those areas are out of alignment, it it is difficult to heal and to move forward. And so the work that I do now is to connect those dots because I, I do think that, as you're describing, they need to work together for us to live the best life possible. Exactly, exactly. This fine-tuning of all the dimensions or the systems we call 
or aligning the spiritual body, the subtle body, the causal body, the grosser body, and make them functional, make them resonate with each other in the finest way. And the best, I think, is way is the yoga, how we proceed with asanas and breathing exercise and add on this aspect of focusing our mind through meditation. It is this focusing of mind that improves our vision, our inner vision, our inner, inner understanding of things around us and within us. Could you describe for our listeners who may not be that familiar with the energy points in the body, the chakras. Can you just uh, explain to us what they are and why they're so important to our overall well-being? Let's see for an example. <clears throat> you got upset and you got angry. What happens to the vibrations which were stirred up by the anger if you cool down at some point after the anger bout? See the vibrations unsettled. Which part of the body suffers because of these vibrations created by anger? Notice it. It will settle somewhere near the heart. Likewise, whenever you are in love, whenever you have this happy feeling, what happens to your vibrations and see what part of the body is affected? Likewise, when you focus your mind so much, which part of your body remains very tranquil at that moment? When you are fearless, or when you have lost your fear, when you have lost your clarity, when you become delusional, when you have lost peace of your mind, each time you watch what happens to a specific area in the body. Why I'm trying to connect all these emotions which are related to consciousness and how that consciousness is related to energy and how this energy settles and unsettles at every little uh, vortex that is physically located on our system, not in a physical form, but angry vibrations you will always find towards the left top part of your chest. And all these energy vortexes are palpable. You can feel them. You can experience them, not only vibrationally, but you can see the colors of these chakras also. You can also at moments see the swings in your consciousness from the lowest to the highest. And these dualities of qualities, love, hate, peace, restlessness, courage, and so much of discouragement or clarity and delusion, contentment and restlessness, all these opposites you are able to relate to depending upon which chakra one is settled at. And as one meditates more and more and see the spiritual trajectory and how one moves from one chakra to another chakra, I think it's an exciting and adventurous experience one goes through. Seeing and experiencing the unfoldment of consciousness. See, people often talk about, oh, I want peace. Fine. You get peace through meditation. What do you do next? The fundamental questions will be answered. What you experience bliss at a particular chakra called Sahastra Dalkamal. But what do you do with that? And what is there anything beyond bliss? What is it that supports the entire spectrum of consciousness? We talk of consciousness of a stone, for example, and a consciousness of angels and consciousness of personalities, great personalities who walked on this planet. And when we talk of all that, are their chakras different? 
Daji, when we don't deal with these emotions and these, the energy is stuck and blocks our chakras, what happens to us physically and emotionally? Well, uh, it contracts you somehow. It um, At the physiological level, you already know what happens. You know, when you're angry, your eye pupil widens up, your muscles tightens up because your blood flows heavily in your limbs, etc., etc. But what I like to see and experience is the finer levels of consciousness, how when one meditates and perceives things, how it changes your inner environment. Uh, having meditated, let us say, in the morning or a specific hour, what happens to you? After you have meditated, what state of mind you are with when you, you go to work? You see, I, I practice as a pharmacist in New York City for many, many years, almost 25 years. And every morning I meditated. And after meditation, I would go to pharmacy and work. The mindset, my mind would be so tranquil and very effective. I would not lose peace of my mind at any given moment. It will remain focused on the work which is designated. At the same time, from inside, my mind would remain centered on the heart. So while centering the heart, while centering our awareness on the heart, you continue doing the work. So it's like you are doing two tasks. You, at one moment, you are physically interacting with your patients. At the same time, inwardly, you are connected with your heart. It's like when you are cooking for your beloved, you know, some nice guests, your mom is coming home or your beloved is coming home and you like to cook for your mom. In your, all your attention while cooking, your attention is on mom, what she would like, what she would not like, things like that. So when we are working, even in our mundane office work, we continue doing that work. But our attention ideally will remain because of this meditation on the heart. And heart, I think, is the most resonating center you feel things before you even think about anything. You, you seem to perceive things without any reasons. We, we live in such a, a fast-paced world, and people have a hard time quieting themselves down, quieting their mind. And, and the biggest objection, and I'm sure you hear this all the time, is I can't sit and meditate. I, I can't do it. So what would yes. you say to someone to begin a practice you see, I'll give you an example. Being a pharmacist, I like to give pharmacy examples. How, let us say you, as, as Zone, as a scientist, you found a new molecule, new chemical formula that gives so much of uh, relief from pain, right? So what would the other pharmacy manufacturers would compare your molecular formula with the existing one. For example, is it better than Tylenol? Is it better than ibuprofen? Or is it better than anaprox? Things like that. So there is a comparative study done, comparative tests done on the new molecule. Now consider heartfulness way of meditation as a new molecule. Compare it with the existing systems and see how effective it is. Heartfulness way of meditation, because of transmission we call pranavati, you are instantly diving into deeper state of consciousness. And that's a guaranteed. I have practiced this meditation since 1976. And time and again, I do find people having practiced other systems of meditation. And when they come and I say, well, let's meditate on the heart, 
think of the presence of divinity in your heart. And that's all. And be receptive. Be open to this. Be receptive. You need not have faith also that I believe in God or I don't believe in God. It is not required. Just sit quietly and have a receptive uh, attitude towards what you are going to feel during meditation and be open about it, that we are going to experience this divinity not because of I am a Hindu or I am a Christian or I am a Mohammedan, nothing of that sort. You go beyond all these religious feelings and say, okay, God or divinity, I don't know what you are, but I like to experience. I don't even know if you are there or not there, but I like to experience that ultimate state in my heart. So with this open tendency, open attitude, we sit and meditate. And when the transmission from the trainer flows in our heart, we are able to experience that. All these trainers are available throughout the world. They can train you in meditation. And Joan, one beautiful thing about this meditation is no one charges any single dime. It's all for free. And where can our listeners go to get more information about that? Well, it's www.heartfulness.org. You can also download Heartfulness app for meditation. And, uh, you know, it's like ordering your uh, Uber cab. Somebody who is nearby picks you up. Likewise, when you are when you are wanting to meditate early in the morning at 2 o'clock in New York, you may not find somebody nearby who, with whom you can meditate. But when you make a request to this app that I am sitting in New York City, I would like to meditate. Is there anyone who can sit with me and meditate? So someone in Tokyo or someone in Bombay can receive your message and say, okay, I'm available, I can sit with you and meditate. And that person would transmit to you, and you can meditate along with that person. And when the meditation is over, the person will ping you and say the meditation is done. And you experience that. You experience the transmission because it transcends the time, it transcends the distances as well. But um, I always prefer... Uh, face-to-face meditation with individuals. Like if if you find time in New York City, for example, or in Philadelphia or in Los Angeles, find someone who is meditating in that city and you can sit with those people and meditate. Mm -hmm. So how does living in a more heartful way help us reach our full potential? Well, life is all about heart. All the good things and bad things are related with the heart. All your likes and dislikes are related to heart. And all religions fundamentally talks about transcending the very heart itself. How to exist, how to live in this world so that we pass through it with peace, with tranquility. And this new level of wisdom, the understanding develops when we meditate. I give you a small example. Whenever I meditated, I used to live in Staten Island in New York. And my usual time was around six something uh, for meditation. When I close my eyes and meditate, generally I have the idea of divinity in my heart, but sometimes the mind would travel, mind would interact with things to be done in the next eight, nine hours during the working hours. What to order? Should I order this medicine or should I avoid ordering this medicine? Should I contact this patient? Should I not contact this patient? Things of that nature, mundane things, but they're so powerful. 
They remind you. Meditation reminds you especially of things that you're going to miss out or you have already missed. So somehow meditation helps us to correct ourselves, to navigate ourselves, even if we have done something wrong. And general tendency is that to we say, I don't care. But when you close your eyes and meditate, this I don't care will not come again and again. You will say, why can't? I, I would like to care. My conscience does not allow me to say I don't care. So life improves, relationship develops, and life becomes very, very worth, I would say, worth living because of this one thing, that we listen to the heart. The book is Spiritual Anatomy, Meditation, Chakras, and the Journey to the Center. Kamish, what would you like to leave our listeners with? What is the takeaway from this conversation? Well, it's like pointing to the moon. This whole book is all about pointing to the moon. Pointing to the moon is not all about seeing the moon in reality. One has to travel. It's like this book is, is a road map. When I had to travel from New York City to Orlando and see, take my children for Disney World. And on the way, there will be many stations, many places that one can visit. My, will my children be happy but just by reading the map? No. One has to actually travel. This book is all about, not, not about the faith, but about your practice. I practice and I experience. And as I experience more and more tranquility and peace, more contentment develops in my heart, compassion, kindness develops in my heart, that one is able to witness. And because of this unfolding of great qualities within oneself, one becomes happier, and the happiness factor simply skyrockets. So it is not about uh, lecturing or giving dogmatic knowledge, but it's a practical approach where I, where I firmly believe that each one of us, we are all scientists. Our heart is the laboratory. Meditate and see how heart gives us a finer qualities that it is always endowed with. We become the witness. We become the scientists. Experiment is on the heart and we are the product of that experience, product of that practice. Thomas, thank you so much for joining us. What you're teaching is so important, but it really feels like it's of particular importance in our world today. So I'm so happy that you were here to share this with us. Thank you, John. Thank you. And looking forward to meeting you in person one day in New York. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.